The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale and Travion Berkland. Friday, weekend, just a few minutes away. And we got a full we got a full two hours. T GIF. T GIF. Actually, I've heard it's called T GIF. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> that was an easy layup, folks. Easy Do layup. Do not go there. Uh, coming up in hour number two, we're going to hear from Jerome Tang, K-State men's basketball coach. Had a few things to say right before he goes on vacation. About the last few months, recruiting, also getting the guys working out, getting ready for the upcoming season, learning about what he has picked up in recruiting so far, seeing them work out and uh, seeing their agility. He even talked about the biggest surprise so far uh, during uh, the summer months. Um, Big 12 Twitter, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I see what you're doing, and I like it. And we'll get to that at 440. Now, to kick things off, speaking of vacation, that's what also uh, Jerome Tang brought up yesterday with the media. Wasn't able to be in on the uh, press conference. It was over Zoom. It started at 515, and of course, we are doing a show, but the highlights are coming up at 510. So uh, since he brought up vacation, I figured we could start with a little, uh, probably know where I'm going with this, little uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Who's out front should have told you? I can speak for Troy and, of course, myself as well. We have football that's really going to start ramping up here next week. Holy smokes. We could probably use a vacation before we really get settled into the fall sports schedule. But if there's any folks out there that certainly deserve a a vacation right now, Drum Tang, the coaching staff, the support staff, even even the players, shout them out as well. But definitely the coaching staff, support staff, Drum Tang, those guys and gals deserve a vacation. Because I'm well aware of all the work they've been doing over the last few months. Going back to March, since Coach Tang was hired, he started hiring assistants, support staff. Some of that support staff being retained from the previous staff. And it's been all hands on deck. All hands on deck. All hours of the day and night. Trying to put together a team for the 2022-23 season and getting guys committed for the 2023 class. They absolutely deserve a break. Now, Coach Tang did bring up vacation during yesterday's press conference, and he mentioned what his plans are, like what he is going to do over his time on vacation. We're going to go see a Bruno Mars concert in Vegas, see my two older boys that I adopted and their wives. We're going to go to Cabo and spend a few days trying to put our feet in the water and put the phone down. And we still got a little more work to do before I head out of here. 
I've never been to Cabo, Cabo, Cabo San Lucas. Do you, do you know where that is? Could, could you two, Travion or Troy, point on a map where Cabo is? California Peninsula, I believe. No. Okay. Then no, I couldn't. Well, it, it is on the, a the, peninsula. The, Baja, the well, California Baja. But it's not in California. Well, okay, but it's it, but called it, California. Yeah. It is on a peninsula. I didn't know if that was the name of it. but Yeah. So some of us older types will know it as California Baja. Yeah. I mean, I know what a peninsula is, but I've never heard that name. But... You know that sliver of Mexico there on mm-hmm. the left, there on the on the uh, northwest, at the very tip of that sliver is Cabo San Lucas, and it is beautiful. I've never been, mm-hmm. but I've seen plenty of pictures. I'm pretty sure Southwest flies there, and I have a lot of points. Oh, there you go. So, uh, Coach Tang, since he brought up Cabo, I went and looked at pictures, and I'm like, man, I should really book a trip down there. It's not too shabby. It looks pretty fun. That's a place you can put your feet in the sand and relax and enjoy the natural beauty of what that small sliver Mm -hmm. of our world has to offer. Grab a little Sammy Hagar tequila. and. But I noticed the – was that my phone or yours? No, that was mine. Ten push-ups. I apologize. Hey, at least it was just buzzing. But he also mentioned the Bruno Mars contract. I think Bruno has a residency in Vegas somewhere. I see here Mandalay Bay. Maybe that's it. Uh, that's on the south, pretty much the south tip of the of the strip. What do you think his favorite Bruno Mars song would be? I have a theory. Maybe Travion would have a guess. What do you think Coach Tang's favorite Bruno Mars song is? Uptown Funk. That might be his personal favorite song, but I wouldn't be surprised if he and his wife like maybe have their own Bruno Mars song. Just the way you are. Isn't that a love song? I mean, they yeah. just celebrated their anniversary. Yeah. The uh, Park MGM. Oh, is that where it Dolby is? Dolby Live at Park MGM. Park MGM. That That is a... I'm pretty sure that's not a casino resort. I think it's just a hotel or a resort. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do have a casino. I'm not sure, but it's behind the MGM Grand. Right. Almost stayed there. It's actually pretty nice and affordable for folks like us. So that's cool. That coach can get away for a while, go relax, go go see a concert. I've always said, like, I think Bruno Mars would be a pretty fun concert. Watching him perform Super Bowl halftime, I thought it was a fantastic performance. Get a little piece of that in a concert. And it looks like he only plays for about an hour. I would hope he plays a little bit longer than that. I mean, as a headliner, an hour is pretty short. But um, Is it him with Anderson Pack too? Some no song? idea. No idea. I don't know if anybody's opening. If it's a residency, typically residencies for like big acts don't have openers. It's just them. But well, they'll th- play for an hour and a half usually. I think it's um I don't know if it's just Bruno doing his songs. I thought it was Silk Sonic, like their group Silk Sonic oh, yeah. doing a thing. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, next time Coach Tang does a press conference, we'll get some details about <laughs> that uh, that trip to Vegas and got to got to figure out what games he plays. If he's gonna throw some dice or play a little blackjack, roulette. What does uh, Coach Tang do when he's uh, at a casino? But um, Maybe he's just a slot guy. Nah, he's too much. Of, he's a coach. He's used to strategy. 
he would play games that take strategy. And blackjack is one of them. Roulette is luck. You might have your own. It's like lottery. Or like, I, I consider roulette like a scratch-off ticket. There are some uh, crazies out there that have their certain strategies when it comes to scratchers. Like they will only buy a certain scratcher. Uh, sometimes I used to experience somebody would only buy them at a certain time of day. Uh, they would only go by the number on the bottom corner of the ticket. That it's basically the order of the roll. You know, Travion knows what I'm talking about. But they'll only go by those numbers. If it's between a certain number, they'll buy it. If it has um, a white strip on it, that means it <laughs> might be a winner. And everybody has the numbers they play. Some yep. people just buy on a roulette. whole pack, like for $300 of right? scratch-offs. Just, just give me the whole brick. <laughs> Funk. I, I have done that before. Somebody oh. has bought the whole pack of scra- uh, crosswords. I've yep. done it twice, Dang. as a matter of fact. Crosswords were big. Yeah, Dang. crosswords are, are big. still big. Yeah. Yes. All right, so another thing about Jerome Tang's press conference, which, again, you'll hear the highlights coming up at 510, but I feel like Coach... As we saw the, the the cat signal yesterday, and we still don't know officially who it is, but I think Tang made it clear yesterday on who that was because of this quote. He said, quote, right now, as they go into vacation at this time, right now the goal was to be 12-2. and two. We are 11-2 and two right now. So what he means by that is he wants 12 players for this season mm-hmm. and at this point have two players committed to, for next season, as in the 23 class. And right now where he's at is 11 commits for this upcoming season, 11 players, and uh, two commits for the 23 class, which we felt like it was kind of 50-50 on who it could be for that commitment that we saw yesterday with the cat signal. That was tweeted out by Jerome Tang. We thought it was either R.J. Jones who is for the class of 2023, or Keontae Johnson, who would be the transfer from Florida, the former preseason, mm-hmm. like first team All-SEC. And uh, he's the one that hasn't played basketball in about a, uh, nearly two years. Collapsed during a game against Florida State back in the 2020-21 season. Where everybody immediately was fearful because he had recently had a case of COVID. Yeah, it's right, because um, I remember seeing a story about him on Good Morning America, and that's where that was brought up, where everybody mm-hmm. feared at the time it was COVID. And it was a completely different issue with his heart. But what we feel now is it's pretty much been confirmed by Jerome Tang. Maybe let it slip. I don't know, but uh, I don't know if it was a huge secret. We're, we're still waiting for this certain individual to make their announcement, but... From that comment, that quote, it's got to be R.J. Jones. It's got to be the 6'3 shooting guard, ranked 64th nationally in the in the uh, class of 2023 by 24-7 sports, and he's got four stars next to his name. Now, the, the film I've seen on R.J. Jones really comes from one or two games, and I don't have any stats on him, so I can't really give you like a really good synopsis of what I feel is, is great about him, what's good about him, maybe something to work on, just not enough things to look at so far um but i mean mike i mean he's 64th in the country and a four-star kid he's clearly talented and that is who we expect to be the commitment now we may be surprised and it's not i don't know but that's not expected to happen it's 
R.J. Jones, who's been here recently, like in the last couple of days, he may still be here now, but I don't think so. But as of a couple of days ago, maybe even yesterday, he was here and visiting. Um, it's a great chance it's him. And if it is him, teamed up with Day Day Ames, who is now ranked 43rd in the country for the 2023 class, according to Rivals, that is an excellent start for 2023. That is a class where we expect it to be guard heavy because that's pretty much who's all leaving after this season <laughs> because eligibility has run, ran out. Right. It's going to be a lot of guards leaving. Well, we're going to need a lot of guards to fill in those spots for the 2023 class. And that means there would be two four-stars in the top 70 in the nation. That is a hell of a start. That is a fantastic start to recruiting for Jerome Tang and K-State men's basketball. But that also brings up the question, what has happened with Keontae Johnson? Is there questions why he hasn't committed yet? What is this curtain situation, the current scenario for Keontae Johnson? Are the Cats still in it? Who else are they against? Well, I think we have a few answers to those questions. Nothing concrete, but maybe we could paint a clear picture as we talk Keontae Johnson and his chances of becoming a Wildcat. We'll talk about that next here on The Game. News Radio KMAN. Roy, how much of the uh, preseason game did you watch last night? I, I would guess a quarter and a half. Nope. Less? Yep. You didn't watch it at all? I uh, ended up watching none of it because I sat down and turned it on. They were in the weather delay. And by the time that I was done watching a couple innings of the Royals, it's like, okay, 8 o'clock, time to call it. start calling in the night. And they really had not done a whole heck of a lot. I saw a few tweets, but... Didn't didn't get back to it after I started watching the Royals. I watched a couple of possessions. Mm-hmm. I watched Jared Stidham run in a twelve yard touchdown. Woot woot. And woot, as woot. like at that point, I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I think I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of the starting yeah. quarterbacks involved. Right. So you know, yeah, welcome to Hall of Fame game week. And then I saw a video <laughs> earlier today of uh, wind sprints from the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow was just driving around in a cart with them doing the wind sprints no. from sideline to sideline. True story to tell like sometime. You, you went to one Super yeah. Bowl, yeah, and you're some superstar now. I need to tell you a, a great story sometime about a football player, NFL caliber football player playing for an indoor football league team and how much of a buffer there was between what he would do and what his teammates had to do. I mean... I will have to tell you that story sometime. I mean, we're on the air right now. Well, I I don't want to get in the way of what you already had in mind. Is it a long story? Uh, It is a bit of a long story. It can be be a long story. I I, want to hear the story. I'll say what I need to say. Maybe we'll save it for the next segment. Sounds good. So we've been talking about Jerome Tang and recruiting class and maybe letting the... 
spill the beans a little bit on who this next commit could be. We feel like it's R.J. Jones, who's from Texas, a four-star shooting guard, very talented kid, ranked 64th in the country according to 24-7 Sports, I believe, rivals. Has him, uh, has him 70th. And you, Troy, you just actually pulled up the on three, like where he might have been, or like 76th, was that right? 79th. 79th, okay. Mm-hmm. So yep. it used to be ranked a lot higher not too long ago, but I'm glad on three is more on track of where... Uh, Probably after watching all of the AAU circuit over the last few weeks. So that leaves the question, if this is going to be R.J. Jones, the chances of K-State landing Keontae Johnson... I mean, landing one out of the two is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Landing both, you know, obviously visiting very close together. Keontae Johnson was here this last weekend. He was uh, part of the karaoke party at one of the coaches' houses, and it looked like a lot of fun. Um, I know talking to D.Y. yesterday, we would have both loved to be there for that, but we know we would have been put up to the stage and have to st- get up there with a good song to impress the crowd. If not, they're probably going to walk out, get some more to eat, and maybe fill up their cup. You, you mean my attempts at the Proclaimers 500 miles wouldn't cut it? Have you done that before? Uh, yes, I have. Did it get a, a, a response? No, I mean, come on, it was a small gathering, so okay. yeah. With people you knew, or yes. was this at a bar? Okay. No, this was people I knew. That's tougher. Performing for a crowd that you know, like you know everybody there and everybody's watching you, like it is like an actual performance, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. At a bar, I feel like anybody could do it. Nobody's going to remember the next day if you crushed it or you just stunk. Uh, but Keontae Johnson, boy, I mean, th- that would be, I mean, to kind of think back here, kind of remember the rest of uh, – who was committed for the class like this upcoming season, would he be the best? I I mean, he would be excellent. I mean, the one downside is he hasn't played basketball like in an official game for a couple of years after collapsing against Florida State in December of 2020. But I kind of compare him to Tyke Green. He was the player for, uh, and he committed, I want to say, like a month and a half ago, maybe a little bit further than that. But he played a couple of years at Manhattan, New York, and Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. And he played two seasons at Stony Brook. That's where he's coming from. And like he had gradually been getting better. Like His numbers across the board has been getting better throughout his career. That's exactly where Keontae Johnson has been. And when he collapsed against Florida State... He was off and running right away that season. He played four games that pandemic season, and he was scoring 16 points a game. His his role did extend a little bit where he was more of the ball handler. The offense is certainly running through him, uh, but his numbers actually, when it comes to minutes, actually dropped a little bit. He's only averaging about 20 points a game. But he was taking 10 shots a contest and shooting 43% from three-point range. I mean, he was off to a phenomenal start for Florida, and then he collapses on the court. Mm-hmm. But he is clearly talented. I mean, that season, he was projected to be a first-round draft pick. I mean, so that also echoes the talent that Keontae Johnson has. But the chances of K-State landing him probably stand right now just from what we've heard from sources, reports on social media, or like you know, K-State online – it feels like it's 50-50 right now because also in competition is Western Kentucky. Well, you may think to yourself, like, K-State against Western Kentucky? Shouldn't that be an easy victory? 
Well, Rick Stansbury is the head coach of Western Kentucky. I don't know if Troy's ever heard of him, but he was a coach for about oh mm-hmm. maybe a decade mm-hmm. and a half at Mississippi State. Yes, he was there for a minute. Yeah, he was the uh, he was Ben Howland's predecessor. He recruits really well mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Western Kentucky. He's he, had a number of five stars. He has better resources at Western Kentucky than he had at Mississippi State. Plus, he's not recruiting to Starkville. I mean, that that alone helps. And he's had a number of four stars come to Western Kentucky. I mean, he has done a great job. Now, doesn't exactly have the results he's been looking for. Right. I mean, not exactly going to the NCAA tournament every year. But now also has NIL on his side. And it's been reported that Western Kentucky has put a nice little deal together. And, I mean, does it go against the rules of NIL? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. potentially. But uh, is anybody enforcing those rules? Doesn't really feel like it. But it's been reported that there's a nice little deal on the table. So K-State is competing with that. But K-State has already been competitive with name, image, and likeness. We don't need the specifics to tell you that. K-State has been surging and recruiting with football, basketball, Coach Tang has put together quite a nice roster Mm -hmm. for this season Mm -hmm. and is already off to a great start for the 2023 class. And this has been done in a matter of five months, less than five months, four and a half. There has been a ton of work that has been done, and that's, to echo what we said in the first segment, that's why they need this vacation. Absolutely. They've been working their asses off for so long that they deserve it. So NIL might be the competition here. But Keontae Johnson has also had interest from USC. That's also been reported that, you know, maybe USC is not so much in the discussion as if, you know, like as much as K-State and Western Kentucky. So 50-50 on paper is what it feels like. I definitely gravitate more towards K-State. I know he had a blast while he was here, getting to know the team, really bonded, went over to the coach's house, whoever's house that was for the karaoke party. He had a great time, um, but it's just it's uncertain right now. It doesn't sound like he has committed to anybody yet. There have been thoughts that he might visit USC. That we don't know. He might, he might not. But right now it feels like the competition is K-State versus Western Kentucky. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Cats, 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 cats. <laughs> I am not sure what it is about Western Kentucky, but they have always been able to hold their own as it pertains to being able to recruit well and have tournament caliber ball clubs. And they have done that through multiple coaching staffs. For Stansberry to have that job, uh, you know, he needed a, somewhere where he could reburnish his credentials, and that has played out to be a solid position for him to be in. But uh, I'm trying to remember the last time that K-State played them. Because the Hilltopper actually made the trip, if I remember correctly, to Bramlage. Hmm. As in the the red monster mascot. Boy, you had me... Because I felt like, like K-State women's basketball maybe okay. have hosted them recently. I think so. Like They may have actually hosted them last season. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. That was part of the uh, uh, CTE that they had. 
early part or the of the w, season. The, the preseason WNIT, I think there that's what it was. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah, they that's yeah. But on the men's side, it has been a long time since they've played. Well, Western Kentucky hasn't made the NCAA tournament in uh, well since the whole time that Rick Stansbury has been the head coach. But God, can he recruit? Yes, I was looking through his recruiting classes since he had shown up, and he's been at Western Kentucky since 2016. And he's he's got like four or five stars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy cow, that doesn't seem right. I mean, why would a why would a five star want to go play in Conference USA when you probably got everybody from the Big Twelve, SEC, ACC, but, like Gonzaga is probably wanting you. Mm-hmm. But there too, there's also a matter where they're playing in Conference USA. So the the talent that they're competing against on a night in night out basis is better than what it was when they were making so many runs to the tournament. All right, Troy has promised us a story. (laughs) We're going to hear that story next on the game. K-State fans, the K-State sports calendar officially starts tomorrow because k-state soccer is competing in a scrimmage against missouri state fans you are welcome to attend it's free to get in so get a preview of your 2022 k-state soccer team at boozer family park tomorrow at one o'clock i'll be there are you announcing i am announcing well so you could then break in the new video board Woohoo! So that means you, uh, it'd be awesome to see, like, when you're reading the starting lineup, if they, like, put the player up on the board mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do that whole thing. That'll be a lot of fun. I actually, so I'll be announcing the Northwestern game, which is the regular season opener. So I'll be following you. Aha, uh-huh, okay. So uh, yep. you're going to warm up the mic. There I suppose. you go. No, it's, uh, it's going to be some fun environments. Hopefully it's just not too hot. Well, what is the what? Travion, you just did the weather. What's uh, the weather for tomorrow? Be hot. Uh, yep, sunny and hot with a high near 100 with a with a heat index as high as 106. I know, uh, like K State, like it's a scrimmage, not an exhibition. So the format of what's going to take place is not going to be the same as a um, as an exhibition, which exhibition would just be the regular rules and like time and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a scrimmage, they might do like uh, instead of two 45 minute halves, they might do like. Three periods, and each period's like 20, 25 minutes or something like that. That might be a little bit different, but I do know everybody is going to play. Everybody on the roster for K-State will play tomorrow, so get ready to learn all the names, Troy. There's not too many hard ones. Now, flexibility is key when it's a scrimmage. Always is. It's also great that you have Randy Peterson about 10 feet from you to help you out with those names. All right, Troy, you promised us a story. <laughs> Am I going to laugh out loud? Will I be shocked? No, I don't know that you'll be shocked, but you might remember some of the particulars of the early part of this in that, uh, for those who don't know, uh, one of my gigs in Colorado was that I was the voice of what originally began as a team called the Colorado Ice, later became the rebranded Colorado Crush once the Arena League folded it became known as the Crush Indoor Football League team. And uh, back when they started, you had Omaha in that league. Wichita was in that league. Salina didn't exist yet in terms of a franchise. Um, the IFL was, at that point, was predominantly Midwestern markets. And then you had 
Colorado thrown in for good measure. Team in Allen, Texas, owned by the then commissioner of the league, and they worked very hard once a certain player decided that he wanted to try to get back into uniform and potentially get back into shape to play NFL football. Had been on the outs after breaking an ankle ahead of a Super Bowl game, played on that broken ankle, kind of had been off to the side because the side show got to be too much. Terrell Owens. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you remember that when he came back, it got the full ESPN treatment in that for the first time in the league, in the IFL at that time, uh, they the game wound up on ESPN Plus, if you will, ended up on their streaming platform. And they played at Wichita that first time out. One of the things that was so very odd about his structure and how this was set up with the team and Allen is that even they weren't fully sure what game days he'd play. Their game at Colorado was a prime example. We didn't learn as a franchise until 8 o'clock the morning of. So you had no time to promote for a 2 o'clock game, essentially. You know, phone calls to Denver TV stations trying to get any promotion on a Sunday morning news show. I mean, it was non-existent. It just, it screwed up trying to, you know, have any success in your own market, much less, I mean, it, but it was all based on him. Well, right. I mean, Terrell Owens, you sign Terrell Owens, you may draw a few more people. Right. Exactly. Or you're an opponent and he's coming in and you've got an NFL market that's, that's, true. that's just yeah. down the road from you. Because this team played at Loveland, uh, current AHL team for the Avalanche plays there, known as the Colorado Eagles. It's only, you know, 40-some-odd miles. God, I, I can't See, imagine. would have been a draw. He couldn't go anywhere without being heckled. You play in the, you play yeah. arena football yeah. now? Yeah. Well, he flew to the game. Had to have a separate locker room for himself. Oh, boy. From his own teammates. Who does he think he is? Hollywood Hogan? Here's how bad this played. His teammates left the Dallas area. Friday at about midnight, the intent being bus all night and get into town Saturday afternoon at a decent enough hour that you're able to get guys off the bus, let them rest a bit, get a walkthrough in at the arena, go to dinner, call it a night. It's an early enough start on Sunday afternoon that you don't have to do a whole heck of a lot once you've wrapped through that walkthrough. They had bus problems. Oh, of course they did. They didn't arrive in Loveland to the hotel until uh, Saturday night, 10 o'clock. Terrell Owens flew to the game day of. Had to have his own locker room. So his own team slogged through having to deal with, and, and it's one bus, by the way that does this trip. It's not exactly luxury travel by any stretch of the imagination. Lord knows. 
Uh, <laughs> Been on a few of those buses. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the 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 comment at a few points for me was I'm getting too old for, you know, give it the Danny Glover out of uh, lethal weapon approach. So he has to have his own separate locker room. His own teammates were not happy to have him along on these trips, essentially, because he wasn't a part of the team. He was a gimmick. And that's all it was, was just a straight out gimmick to try and, you know, draw attention. Well, the attention part of it worked, except for the fact that you couldn't mark it worth a dang, not knowing when he was going to play or when he wasn't. And the whole thing went sideways about two games after they came and visited us. The fun part of the day came watching a roster full of guys that were low-level Division One FCS, Division Two types that got their opportunities to take in their licks at Terrell Owens. But you could tell his teammates weren't out there. If something happened, they weren't going to protect him. They weren't going to have his back at all because he didn't have their back. One of our defensive backs, a kid by the name of Josh Wilson who had played at Weber State, and I knew him from when he was at, at Weber because of the conference ties with Northern Colorado. Josh caught him in the end zone, got him airborne and up and over the curve of the wall. I was about to ask because I've seen highlights of arena football like that before where a wide receiver leaps in the air, catches the ball, and – the defender will just kind of shove him over the wall and out of bounds. Not just that, but that's first row with the bleachers, or you wind up on a stair railing, or mm-hmm. you, I mean, it's... Not it's, a soft landing. No, no. And you're doing that to a hall of potential NFL Hall of Famer. Guys took out a lot of frustration in that day. And he lasted, <laughs> how, long, and he lasted how long in that league? Uh, just uh, about two more weeks. And and then got into a contract dispute with the owner, of course. So that had to be in like in the last decade, right? When did this take place? Oh yeah, place? That, oh, that was uh, was that twenty ten? Because he didn't. Because that was like right around where he had his head, last yeah. run in the NFL with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't been in the NFL since. Right. Yeah. Since Colin Klein was a starting quarterback, pretty much against Texas, it was unreal. And whooped the Longhorns. It was unreal. It was so funny. All right, we'll wrap up the first hour when we come back. Uh, Big 12, I think I've noticed what you've been doing with social media. I really like it. That's next. What in the world is this? Help me out, Travion. Little Uzi Vert. Nah. He's awesome. <laughs> nah. Big 12 Twitter. You're doing a good job since Brett Yarmark took over five days ago because the content you've been producing hasn't been a whole lot, but it's simple, and yet it gets the people talking. One of Brett Yarmark's plan is, you know, to make the uh, Big 12 younger and hipper. Well, I would imagine it's more younger people on the social medias than the older folks. But hey, when hey, 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 go easy on us. When Come you on. get people talking... What we mean by talking is it's not so much, you know, Troy and I just looking at each other and, you know, talking trash on Iowa State. It's likes, it's retweets, Mm -hmm. it's comments. That is the new brand of talking. It's interaction. Yeah, and it's not necessarily as a new brand. I mean, social media has been around for quite a while. It's 
I, I know people make the comments of, you know, nobody talks to each other anymore. They're just on their phones. Like, well, honestly, we're, communi- we're communicating more with each other than we ever have in history. It's just not face-to-face. It's over mm-hmm. texting and social media. But what the Big 12 has been putting out recently are things that generate discussion. Heck, the day before Yormark took over officially, there was a uh, graphic that was put up just talking about the best mascot in the Big 12. Of course, that's Willie the Wildcat. There was something that we mentioned, was it yesterday we were talking about the Big 12 in their percentage of capacity graphic? And then earlier today, a a question. Best tradition in the Big 12, of course, is the Wabash Cannonball. But people are talking about it. They're retweeting. They're commenting. They're liking it. The more that's done, the more people will see these tweets and see the Big 12 accounts. I would just say make the font guys a little bit bigger on these on these pictures <laughs> and also throw in more highlights because that will also do the same thing. People love videos and people watch those highlights more than just one time usually. All right, because of a personal matter, I'm going to be bouncing for the second hour. Troy and Travion, I got you the rest of the way. It's K-Rock. It's, yeah. it's the game. Go Cats! <laughs>